Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Today, so today, and by the way, if you're a guest with us for the first time, I want to welcome you and thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We are talking about the Disciple Series, and some of the subjects in this series is a little bit heavy, is a little bit, uh, is a, is, it can be a, a, a big, a, a big content, it can be, um, how do you say this? It's just really, really important. Today, I'm actually talking about God and money. Say money, all right? The kingdom, the title of my message today is The Kingdom Above Money. Say with me, the kingdom above money. It's not, about the ben- it's not all about the Benjamins, baby. Come on, somebody. It's about the kingdom. The kingdom, all right? And um, part of the series that we have been in today, or this, this, over this course of time, is because God has spoken to me to teach people about what it means to follow Jesus. And what surprises me, and ought to surprise us, is uh, a lot of the things that I'm preaching about, sometimes is kind of new for us, or is a big refresher for us. And I want to talk about today a disciple's relationship to the kingdom of God and to money. Can I say that again? I want to talk about a disciple, a follower of God's relationship to the kingdom of God and money. Let me tell you, if we're kingdom disciples, if we're disciples, we are not from this place, all right? We are from another place. Therefore, if we are from another place, our value system is not defined by the world's value system. Come on, somebody, you out there. Our value system, watch this, Jesus went up on a hillside, very reminiscent of, uh, of Moses on the mountain of Oreb, bringing down the Ten Commandments and teaching the nation of Israel. Jesus is doing similar things right now. He's on a mountainside and the disciples had followed him and climbed up to a hill and he's teaching them just like Moses, the values and principles of the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. How many of you would love to have showed up on that mountainside? You know, God, do I have to climb? Do you really want the value system of the kingdom of God? And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we got to model this value system system. Let me tell you, I know for some of us, it's like on one foot, we like the values of the world. Come on, don't get me wrong. I love my Xbox. I love Chick-fil-A. I love In-N-Out. I love the Dodgers. Come on, anyone out there with me? I, I do like some of these things, but also on the other hand, I ha- I'm a Christian and God is trying to mold my character and shape my character to become a disciple of the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody, you're not from this place. Somebody say amen. So we're talking about kingdom values, say kingdom values. And what is the kingdom's perspective? What is the king's perspective about mammon, about money? Ooh, I like today, come on somebody. What is the king? Jesus Christ is our reigning king. He is supreme over all things, over the earth, over invisible, uh, uh, over angels and demons, over any principality of the things that are seen and unseen, any president, any leader, any government. Jesus Christ did what no one could do. He died with our sin and rose again on the third day. As far as I understand it, no president has ever stepped out of a grave. Come on, somebody has ever healed people in the name of Jesus like he did. So we're here to learn today from the king about what he thinks about money. You know, I love my country and we have, I think, I don't want to get political at all and that's not my goal and that's my my job. If you ever want to know what Pastor Michael thinks, this is what I think right here, right here. 
These are my belief system. This is what I view. And if, if anyone ever tries to tell me, Michael, you're getting political, this is what the Bible says. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not from here. I'm from another place, and I follow my king. And this is what my king has to say about money and about the problems that we're facing today. Oh, you're a red person, Michael. You're a red person. No, I'm a Jesus person in the name of Christ Jesus. Oh, Michael, you a blue person. You a blue, I said blur. You a blue person. No, I'm a Jesus person in his holy son's name. Come on, somebody. I've died. I've, Michael, been buried. I'm not from this place where I'm going. There treasures are waiting for me in another dimension. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus, what my king values is not what this earth values. And what my opinion is, is right up in this book. Come on, somebody. Are you out there? That's my value system. That's my value system. Well, Michael, you're, you, you know, you, you're, you're leaning this way. No, I'm leaning this way, homie. Come on, somebody. Ooh, I like my message today. Come on, outline. Say, ooh, say, ooh, outline. I love my country. I will never deny that. I love my country. I, my family has served in the military. And what these men and women have gone through, the sacrifices that they've made, they always need to be honored. They always need to be honored. And that's not necessarily getting political, but I support the troops. I support my country. I love my country no matter what. But above my country, my other country is from another place. And that is what I value most. What I hold in my hand, and the reason I'm talking about my country it's because our country has a rich heritage of Judeo-Christian values. Say Judeo-Christian values. Don't ever let society lie to you about history. This country has a lot of Judeo-Christian ethic and values. Um, my goodness, the people that came here were, were religious Puritans. Have you ever read the Puritan prayers? I got a book. I feel like I'm a bad sinner when I read these guys, all right? These people left for religious free, uh, liberties to come to this land. But, so don't ever let history lie to you. What I'm about to teach you, you will not find in a history or not, not in a, a school History book, okay? You will find this when you do your homework. But I have a $2 bill, and ironically, $2, who's on a $2 bill? Jefferson. We're at Jefferson Elementary. Anyway, I have a $2 bill. And honestly, I'm a millennial. I don't use coins. I don't use money. And we're getting set up for the Antichrist and the chip. No, I'm just kidding. That, that's just, don't, don't believe that. I'm just, let me tell you, I'm just speculating. Technology is kind of taking us there. Come on, somebody. All right, leave that right there. Bye-bye, pet. Okay, all right. But on the $2 bill, on every bill, on every coin, you're going to see a model, an inscription that says something very powerful. And on the inscription online, what you will see is, what does it say? In God, say it with me, in God we trust. What? What are you doing there, boo-boo, on the, my, my, like, what? What does that mean? There's a history of this. Let me give you some history before I continue to teach on the word. But this is how powerful Jesus' words are, that it, it came on our dollar bill. In fact, the words inscription, in God we trust, actually came to fruition in 1861 at the very beginning of the Civil War. A reverend named M.R. Watkins in prayer decided to write the Secretary of Treasury. He told him, you are probably a Christian, a man devoted to his faith in a time when the nation was deeply divided and wanted to do something to mend it back together again. He wrote the Secretary of Treasury who was gonna write, who was gonna write his final report for the year. He said, sir, you are probably a Christian. What if our republic was not shattered beyond reconstruction? When 
not the antiquaries of succeeding centuries rightly reason from our past that we were a heathen nation. Uh, and this is what the secretary said back to him. He, he, or excuse me, the secretary wrote to the Mint in Pennsylvania, and this is what the secretary wrote to him in his letter. He said, dear sir, no nation can be strong except in the strength of God or safe in, and except in his defenses. The trust of our people in God should be declared on our national coins. And there you have it began in God we trust in 1861. Well, it didn't stop there. Dwight Eisenhower in 1956, we going back, baby. Dwight Eisenhower, July 30, 1956, on Flag Day, he wrote this, um, he said, talk about the importance of reaffirming religious faith in America's heritage and future, that doing so would constantly strengthen those spiritual weapons which forever will be our country's most powerful resource, not this, in peace and in war. What is our country's most powerful resource? Not this thing. It is God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, say amen. And from there... Okay, Dwight Eisenhower, um, so before uh, Dwight Eisenhower was only on our coinage, but what Dwight Eisenhower did is he established it on every one of our paper dollars or our money currency. Isn't that powerful? I have, I have a question for someone today. Who do you really trust? Don't raise your hand. Don't look at your neighbor right now. Look at straight at me, okay? So I see your, the whites of your eyes. Who do you really trust? Do you trust Jefferson, Benjamin, Washington, or do you trust Jesus Christ? Let me say that again. Do you trust Benjamin, Washington, Jefferson, or do you trust the Lord Jesus Christ who provides you strength to work, who provides you the mental faculties to do what you can do to earn a living and a wage in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I am so happy with my life right now because I don't need much to make me happy. I got my family. I got Jesus. I got my church. I got my health. That's all I need in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, by the world's definition, Americans are very wealthy. I've been to places. I've been to Haiti. I've been to Lebanon. And by American by the world standards, if you own a car, even if it's a bucket, homie, you're doing good, okay? <laughs> you're doing real good. So we're talking about the, the, the value system of the kingdom and a Christian's relationship to the kingdom and money. So watch this. You out there with me? Say, yes, I am. I'm preaching anyway. All right. Point number one. Point number, ooh, sorry, God, junior high. Point number one. Point number one. The value system of, of the kingdom Watch this. My first point is this, treasure the kingdom. Look what Jesus says. Look what he says in, where's my scripture? Uh, they say, uh, actually, where am I at? Joe, can you bring it up? 619? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Give Joe a clap, everybody. Or I could read it from my Bible. Let me see. Is it up there? No. Give me one second. Look at your neighbor say, Ooh, is it up there? Okay. Watch this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Point number one, treasure the kingdom where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Go on next slide. All right. But store, say but. 
That's an important adjunction right there. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. The Bible, what Jesus is trying to say is he's trying to help us understand the value system of heaven. Watch this. Your, your value, I think that's my, Lorenzo, you got to go, homie. I love you so much. All right, sorry. We're talking money talks. Let me tell you, money matters. That's why Jesus talked about it a lot. He talked about it a lot, probably one-third, maybe two-thirds of the time. He talked a lot about it a lot. Not only Jesus, but so did Paul the Apostle, so did Peter, all right? There's a lot of content of money in the New Testament because there's a lot of deceit that wealth brings, all right? And I'll get into that, all right? But watch this, treasure the kingdom. What Jesus is saying, don't only value the things that give you an earthly security. Watch this, but treasure the things that will give you a heavenly security or an eternal security. Let me say that again. Don't only value the things that give you an earthly security. In other words, don't build up for yourself only assets and a portfolio, all right, that is gonna give you an, an, an earthly security, all right, but build up a portfolio and build up assets in the kingdom of God where there's gonna be treasure waiting for you from when you go from this life to the next life. Because watch this, a lot of people in the world today, they go after this like they're thirsty and they're hungry and all they have to show for itself is values in this world. But when they go to the next knife, they won't even make it to the, to the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. They may not ever make it to heaven. Watch this. There's a quote that says this. The real measure of our wealth is how, we, how much we'd be worth if we lost all our money. Wow. Let me say that again. You out there with me. The real measure of our worth is how much we'd be worth if we lost all our money. All right. So value the kingdom of God. Let me tell you what I value in my church and what I value right now, all right? I value God's will being done in my life and my church. I value obeying Jesus and following Jesus. I, I value the kingdom of God, people being saved, baptized, and repentant. I value lives being changed. I value lives being healed. I value the church making a difference in the community on behalf of Christ. I value be, people being set free from the issues and the proclivities of the past. I know that the kingdom of God values and I therefore value kindness, compassion, love, grace, and mercy toward people in a dark and unmerciful, unkind world. I value families being reconciled in the name of Jesus. I value people coming off drugs and living for Jesus. These are heavenly assets that will be waiting for you once you do these things for the kingdom of God. But what is the kingdom? Let's define that. The kingdom of God is where Jesus Christ rules and he reigns. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We didn't get that. I don't think we maybe got the mask. I don't know. God's will being done is where God rules and reigns, where people are being saved and changed and transformed in his holy son's name. Last week, 15 baptisms. Today in a worship where, where, where people are coming to Christ and people are praying, this is where God rules and reigns and where fear must be dropped out and we command demons to be gone in the name of Jesus because Christ reigns here. Treasure the kingdom values. Come on, somebody, you out there. Treasure the kingdom all right, we live in a highly materialistic world, don't we? And here's what I'm not saying, because I know we're like, maybe some of us are holding onto our seats really tight right now. Jesus is saying, he's not saying, watch this, he's not saying, burn up everything you have. 
all right? Jesus is not saying that you can go to school and work hard and earn a good wage. And, and, and maybe you're talented and go for your dreams and, and, and do your best, uh, uh, give, and, you know, get a good wage for your talents or anything like that, all right? Jesus is not saying throw everything away. There have been times where Jesus, there were followers of Je- people who wanted to follow Jesus, and they said, Jesus, what else must I do to inherit eternal life? You know what Jesus tells them? He says, go sell everything you have to the poor. What that was was a big test to that young man because what had happened was his possessions and his material owned him and Jesus didn't. Do you follow me? Do you follow me? So this is a litmus test. What you have, does it own you or does Jesus own you? If what you have owns you, you you best sell that because I'd rather have furniture in heaven, a family in heaven, uh, things in heaven than things on this earth to own my soul in the name of Jesus. Come on, you out there. We live in a highly materialistic world where money is status, where money is popularity, where material things are awesome and nice. I heard Trump, I read a quote in my studies that Trump said, um, money can't buy you happiness. You just don't know where to shop. He's probably true and it's probably right in a way, but I have much more to say about that. So value the kingdom. Make people being saved your value system where lives are being transformed and healed, healed, healed. That's what we value at the calling church. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, now point number two, how, do you, how you use or spend money reveals about what you treasure. Man, if you saw my bank account right now, you would see I give to church. In fact, and I'll, I'll, pay, I'll, I'll talk more about that in a bit. But I go to Chick-fil-A a lot. Oh, my God, I do. I go to Starbucks a lot. Oh, my God, I do. All right. I love coffee, all right? I really hope God is coffee in heaven, all right? Coffee, I love Dodgers. I don't spend a lot of money because it's just a lot of money to go to the Dodgers, all right? In fact, what I do spend to watch the Dodgers is $100 a month or so, $130 a month on Spectrum, which I don't like paying that, but I love my sweet Dodgers. But let me tell you, your bank account will reveal, uh, reveal who who you really are and what you really treasure or what you really value. Can I ask you a question? Do you own possessions or do possessions own you? Does your, do you own money or does money own you? What does your bank account tell you, reveal about you? What Jesus is telling them, where you spend their, your mind at, where you spend your time at, where you spend your heart at is what you're going to value the most. Come on, somebody, you out there. Karina and I, and I'm unashamed, I'm not saying this to shame anyone, I'm not saying this to better myself, I'm saying this with absolute conviction and a clean conscience because of what I believe and what I do and why I do what I do, but Karina and I have spent literally probably $40,000 giving to this church alone that does not include other churches that we've been to, but someone might shake me and say, what in the world are you thinking? I've had family members say, why do you do that? And let me tell you, my value system is not from this earth, my value system is the kingdom of God and what I want to see is lives being changed, hearts being transformed, families reconciled, people coming off of drugs, hope given to a hopeless world in the name of Jesus. I want to give to charities and Christian work so that lives can become saved in Jesus' name. Someone out there, all right, someone out, we need to rethink how we use and spend money because ultimately, say ultimately, it reveals our character and what, it's really quiet today. We get nervous in the service with God and money, all right? We really do, okay? But let me tell you, I tell you that in confidence, not because 
with a, with a malicious intent or a bad intent, but Karina and I love to give. Watch this. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you want God to be generous with you. Oh my God, so many people do. I hear it as a pastor. I want this, I need this, God, I want. But let me ask you just a straight up sober and honestly question, honest question. Are you generous with God? No, no, I got I can't, not really. Well, let me ask, then why do you want God to be generous with you? God's not gonna be generous with you if you're not. Well, I want God, Pastor Mark, I want God, people to be kind to me. I want, I want more mercy, I want more forgiveness. But, but, but are you giving forgiveness? But are you giving mercy? But are, are you giving love? Well, well, then God is not going to give you that. Come on, somebody. No, let me say that. Again. God will always unconditionally love you. That's his nature and that's his goodness. But watch this. If, God, if you want God to be generous with you, we must be generous with God. Somebody say amen. Point number three, Jesus wants us to have the right view of money. Oh, here we go. Say the right view. Jesus wants us to have the right view of money. Here's the problem. Most people do not have the right view of money. All right? They don't have the right view of money. Watch this. I'll, I'll, I'm going to read it once and I'll get back to it again. But it says this in Matthew 6, verse 23. Your eyes are windows. Say windows. Your eyes are windows into your body. If, uh, if you open your eyes wide, say open your eyes. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light, all right? If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is must, a musty cellar or, or, or dusty basement. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. Watch this. Most people don't have a kingdom mind view on money. Watch this. People want money because they never had it. People want money because they want a status. People want money because what it can afford them. People want money and view money with all the wrong reasons. I firmly believe, and it might be radical to you, but it's not to me, that if anyone should ever win the lotto, it should never, it should never um, change your life. Maybe it upgrade your life a little bit, but it should never trans- change your life. Why? Because if it changes your life, then you're not tr- truly happy with who you are, with what kind, what, who you are in your own skin, with what you have and what you truly value. Come on, someone out there, someone say amen. All right. Wow. Some, we all played the lottery. <laughs> all right. uh, uh, we, it should not change our life. How we view money needs to be corrected in Jesus' name. So watch. Let me give you a few principles about how to have the right view of money. It's something I have been practicing as well. And let's get this straight. Money is a tool and a resource. Say tool. It's a resource and a tool, okay? It's not God. Uh, number one, do not allow, the, not allow wealth to deceive you. It does not buy happiness. Also this, it doesn't guarantee, watch this, this is funny and ironic, wealth doesn't guarantee a rich life. Jesus does. Wealth doesn't guarantee. There are people dying right now in hospitals that have so much money, that's all they have, and no happiness and no joy, and they're losing their purpose, all right? And they would wish for one more day of life, one more day to have a purpose. How about this? Money is a resource and a tool. And a tool. If we have an unhealthy relationship to it, it will ruin us, our family, and our calling. How about number three? Live generously. Say generously. Live generously, using our money or resources responsibly to help others in need and building up the kingdom. Live generously. Watch this. Karina and I live generously. Let me teach you this right now. We can be generous because we have been given so much from God. I'm not talking about materialism. 
I've been given forgiveness. I've been given my wife. I've been given my calling. I've been given my purpose. Therefore, as a disciple, what I have on, in this earth, I can freely give because I freely receive from God. Do you see what I'm saying? But if we have the mindset that you can't take this and this is not yours, the Bible, the kingdom would say you are living a very poor life. If we live this way, this is mine. This is there is only one, so much of the pie goes around. I'm living a very poor life. Get this in your spirit right now. I'm living a very poor life. But if we live as a disciple of the kingdom of God and we say, I have been given so much in Jesus, forgiveness, access, peace with God, a mercy from God, all my needs are met in God. Therefore, I can give because I freely have received. Come on, someone. I know this is a hard teaching for us today, but it's kingdom values and we're following Jesus and we need to have the right view about God, the kingdom, and money, all right? How about stewardship? That's my fourth one, stewardship. Stewards, a steward understands that this money I have is not even mine. Come on, y'all out there? This money I have isn't even mine, but as a steward, I've been entrusted with it, and I will use it proportionately and accordingly, that's good teaching. Come on, somebody. It's, I will use it proportionately and accordingly. Being a steward means that I will do the best with what I have and not be unhappy with what I do not have. Oh, man. Online, I hope you're with me. <laughs> I will do the best with what I have. You know, when I started this church, Corrine and I, and I'm, I'm not asking for, I'm just, I'm trying to give you some great lessons and important values Karina and I, God had, had a, God placed a dream in my heart to start a church, to help people, to give them wisdom and to teach them this kind of life in the name of Jesus. I remember early on, I said, Lord, I don't have much. And because I don't have much, you know what, honest to God, my wife too, I complain a lot. God, I can't do much. But watch this, Michael, what can you do? You can do something. Let me tell you, church, everybody can do something for God. Maybe everybody can't do everything, but everybody can do something. And God is not asking you to do something, do something with something you do not have. He's asking you to do with what you do have. And watch this. As, I, as the church has grown as, uh, uh, numerically and in, uh, in all the other forms, watch this. I've realized this, that if I do my best with what we have, God will, and we're faithful with what we have now, God will increase that. Come on, somebody. Because he who is faithful with little can be faithful with much. Come on, somebody. You out there. Some of us, God, I want more. God, I want you to trust me with more. God, I can handle it. But can you handle what you have, what you have right now? Come on, somebody, you out there. So being a steward with what God has entrusted to us is important. Watch this. My, the way I view money is it's not even mine. It's God's. It belongs to God's, and I want to give it back to God for Christian work. I want to give it back to God's people. I want to give it to the hurting and to the broken. I want to give it back to the calling in Jesus' name. And one thing we also believe is in tithing. At the Calling Church, we believe in the tithe. All right, the tithe means 10%. And watch this. Here's a theological thing for you. Does God really need money? No. That's a material thing that goes away. This thing that burns up and, and can be lost and robbed, does God need this from you? I'll be honest with you. Does the church need this from you? No. Get away from me. No. It doesn't need that. What it needs is Jesus Christ. 
That's our primary focus and our primary attention. And let me tell you, you know how we use this as a church? And I use it in my family. I use, we use this as a church to get people saved in the name of Jesus for life transformation and application. That's what we use it for. That's what we use it for. This is a tool and a, a resource not to be worshiped. Like, oh my God, don't you know that the Egyptians and the pharaohs, when they had the pyramids, they brought it all, baby. They brought a hearse behind them. They, they brought their, their idols. They brought their gods. They brought their money. And they hoped that it would go with them in the afterlife. As far as I can see, it's in museums now or it's been robbed by grave robbers. It did not go with them. I'm here to tell someone today to help you change your direction, to change your view on money. Put the kingdom of God first and everything you have need of will be provided for in the name of Jesus. This is idolatry. And I I shared about our country because how amazing is it that our country slapped a label on it and said, we don't trust this thing. We trust God, Jesus Christ, because he's our ultimate victor. He is our true defense. He is our true peace, not this thing. Come on, someone, you out there. I know it's quiet, I know it's a tough message, but what Jesus is not asked, don't leave here thinking, Michael, God told me to sell everything. That's not what I'm telling you. But if, it, but if you sold your soul for that, you gotta twist it. You gotta get your heart right. What Jesus is telling these people is get your heart right. Because what values, what is most valuable, so you know the things that, you know the things that are so valuable to Jesus? Money can never buy it. Let me say that again. The things that is most valuable to Jesus, money can never buy that. Money can never buy kindness. When you're on the train and you say, man, you look like you need some prayer. Can I pray for you? Money can never buy you giving your life to Jesus. That's what matters most, all right? Look, I love this one person, he said this, dear Lord, I've been rereading the record of the rich young ruler and his, he, and his obviously wrong choice, but it has, it, has, it has set me thinking, no matter how much wealth he had, he could not ride in a car, have any surgery, turn on a light, buy penicillin, hear a pipe organ, watch TV, wash dishes in a running heat, uh, hot water, type a letter, mow a lawn, fly in an airplane, sleep on an, 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 a mattress, or talk on a cell phone. If he was rich, then what am I? We're well, really rich. Come on, somebody, all right? All right, here's my third point. Uh, moving really quickly, all right? Number four, choose God over serving money. I love what P.T. Barnum says. He says this, uh, or Jesus says this first, no one can serve two masters. Say, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. I love what P.T. Barnum, he says, that money is a terrible master, but it's a good servant. Let me tell you, you cannot run in two directions at the same time. You're either bipolar or that's just weird or off, okay? You cannot run in two directions at the same time. And when I think as a disciple and I think of devotedness, like Jesus is saying, I'm devoted to my wife. I give my time 
time, my talent, my treasure, my mind, my heart, my soul to my beautiful, loving family and my wife. In other words, if you got your mind on this, give your time to this, worship this, uh, love this. If this is all you do is, is for this, let me tell you, that becomes an idol. And watch this. I've never heard anyone come to me and say, Michael, I've given God everything and I've lost everything. But I've heard the opposite. True, God, Michael, I've given, uh, I've given my life for this thing and I've lost everything. All right, so do choose God over serving money. Serve God and let money serve you. Let me say that again. Serve God and let money serve you. Let me say it again. Serve God and let money serve you. And when you serve God, there will be great treasures in heaven waiting for you. Number five, prioritize, watch this, prioritize the kingdom. And all, this is a big one. We're gonna end on this one. Prioritize the kingdom and all your needs, say needs, will be provided. You know what I see most in the church? That people get so preoccupied with worry that they become distracted and pulled away from the kingdom of God. What really matters most in your life and the life that God has for you in the kingdom. God God has knowledge of what you need. He knows you have uh, bills to pay. He knows you have a family to feed. He knows, like me, you got, uh, what do we have? Um, I'm losing my memory. So sorry, honey. What, we have school um, loans, student loans. Oh my God, Lord Jesus Christ. All right. We have student loans and so forth. But watch this. I can tell you with certainty and absolution that the day I gave my life to Jesus and gave my heart to him and followed him completely, God has always provided my needs always, my bills have always been paid. I have always had food in the pantry. Um, my daughter has always had it. Let me give you a funny story. I remember uh, we wanted to have a child and it took a long time for us to have a baby. We lived in a 630 square foot, six, you heard me right, 630 square foot apartment with two Hondas that were like over 10 years old. We didn't have much, but honestly, Karina and I were very happy. We we're in love, and we had Netflix that cost $6.99 a month. Do you know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. All right? And I knew that we, we, we wanted to grow, and we wanted to have a family. So what was on my mind was, Lord, how can we have a little baby in this little small home and, and, our, and our old beaten down cars that get stolen all the time? And I remember the Lord told me, Michael, watch this. You put my house first. You put my people first. You put my kingdom first. I will take care of you. I will take care of your family. I will take care of your purpose in my son's holy name. Come on, somebody. Let me say that again. Michael, if you put my people first, if you put my kingdom first, and you put my house first, Michael, I will turn my favor toward you. Let me tell someone today, you're worried about your future. You're worried about retirement. You're worried about how you're going to pay the student loans off. You're worried about this. But let me tell you how God is. God owns every hill. God owns every slope, every summit, every tree, every valley, every brook in this nation and in the world. He created the cosmos and he can make it favorably disposed to you. Come on, somebody. He owns the CEOs and the business and he can tell them, you know what? Give these people some money. You'll find yourself having a check in the mail out of nowhere. That is how God is. God is a miracle working God. He is Jehovah Jireh. What are you worried about, Boothang? What are you worried about? See, watch this. You know what the devil doesn't mind? He's like, yes, come here, come here. What you, are you, you know, be worried about this, be worried about that. He's trying to take you away from the kingdom purposes that are on your life. Brandon, come on up here, please. The kingdom purposes that are on your mind 
and on your life. Let me tell you, I, in 2009, I believe it was, I was getting ready to transfer to a college and I had chosen my heart and I was doing a Bible study at Starbucks off of Barranca by the In-N-Out. You know what I'm saying? I know where all the In-N-Outs are <laughs> and the Starbucks are. I was doing a Bible study on this very chapter, Matthew 6, and I read a scripture that said, but first, say first, seek the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, food, clothes, bills, we but will be provided for, all right? And I remember I told the Lord, Lord, I'm getting ready to transfer, and this is what I want to do. I, I love church. I love serving. I love what's going on. I love that lives are being changed. I love being part of the solution. I love being on your side in the kingdom. But honestly, God, um, that's great and all, but I want to be a civil engineer. And I remember sharply, I heard something within my soul say, Michael, why do you want to do that? And in my soul, I had shared, I want to do that. Because watch this, I grew up poor, Jesus. And Lord, I wanna take care of my family. I've been without. I started work at 16 years old. Lord, I don't wanna stress and worry anymore. I will never forget, the Lord said this to me. He said, Michael, if you put me first, I wanna want almost dare you, double dog, triple dog dare you. Michael, you know what you're called for. You know, civil engineering is amazing. That's great, bless the civil engineers, but you, your calling is to help uh, people be transformed in the name of Jesus. Your calling is to teach people the scriptures. So I'll never forget, watch this. I, I, I chose, AP, I went, wanted to go to APU because Kareem was there and I wanted to play ball and they didn't even call me back. <laughs> I went to also Life Pacific, I had two options. Life Pacific called me back, they said, you have a two year scholarship. To me, that was God saying, I'm providing for you. Come on somebody. Do not let your worries and your needs distract you from what God is doing in your life at this moment. Don't let the devil distract you from coming to church. Don't let the devil distract you from being generous, not only with your money or your income, but with your kindness, your time, and your talent. Don't let the devil or the world or the news distract you. That's what's been happening for three to two years is the news has been distracting peop the people of God, and they've been living in fear when all the while God is still moving today. Come on, somebody. Come on online. God is still moving. How dare you, Fox News? How dare you, CNN? How dare you, MSNBC, shake me and try to move me from the, mo from the narrative that God is doing? He is working in this world. And although I might not feel it, although I may not even see it, my faith says it's happening in the name of Jesus. So I'm gonna kick my TV, man. All right, no, don't do that, all right? God is moving. Say, don't worry. Don't worry. Say, don't be distracted. Trust God. And I really mean that. I'm fired up because some people are watching online. You're not here right now in this building because you're letting the devil distract you. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I have a hard time saying that because I love you, but I will speak the truth in Jesus' name. Get back in church. Stop telling me all your worries and struggles. Don't run from God. Run to God and see that your worries will be sapped away. Get your butt back in church. Be generous. Stop complaining about what you don't have and have some moxie and do something with what you got. Live by faith in the name of Jesus and start doubting your doubts. I'm tired of this church. Honestly, you don't know the cross I bear. And let me tell you, 
I bear a lot of weight. I'm not here to complain or cry. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm sick and tired of people telling, Pastor, my life ain't going right. And I'm sick of trying to refrain to say, where are you at? Where are you at, man? I love you. I will always love you. Jesus will always love you. But your alignment is off. I'll kid you not, the car that I was just talking about, I used to have have to drive it like this for straight because it was unaligned. Straight was like this. God wants you to get your life back in the mechanic shop and get you realigned so things start working out in your life. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And watch this. I promise you, like this dollar bill or $2 bill that says, in God we trust, when you get this in line, when you get your money and the kingdom aligned, watch this. God has a way of starting to increase you and giving you more when you're faithful with what you have in Jesus' name. Watch this. I'm going to read this to you because it's so powerful. And we're going to end right here. I'm sorry if I offended. It's never my heart to offend. I love people and I'm a pastor, but I feel with this series, I got to speak truth. Come on, somebody. I feel like we need truth today because we got tons of info, but we don't got much truth. Come on, someone. First Timothy chapter six, verse six through 10. And watch this. Paul, the apostle is about to die. He says, I'm being poured out uh, like a, a drink offering, but watch this. He's about to give Timothy, which we know as the pastoral letters, or I love my Bible school teaching. Come on, somebody. All right. He's about to give Timothy charge to take over the Ephesian church. Watch what Paul says to Timothy in first Timothy, the pastoral letters. Watch this. But uh, where are we at? Yet true godliness with contentment is, is, is itself great wealth. That's some, watch this. Let me say that again. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. There's very wealthy people, all right, that are not very happy. And it goes on to say this. After all, Paul talking to Timothy, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Last night I looked at my wife. I said, man, I had two servings. You had one serving. My daughter had two servings. My dog had one serving. My cat. We blessed in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Verse 9. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation. Can I just pause and give you a little more truth right now? What I am sick of, I want to delete my Instagram. Come on. What I'm sick of seeing on Instagram is how to get rich quick. You want to be somebody, get money. You want to do something in your life? Get rich, get fat, get, 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 get rich, get f- uh, fast. I will never forget. I know I'm giving a story, I'm going along, but this is truth. I, I remember <laughs> at Target in Covina, I was playing. They had a, a, I love video games. All right, it's, co- it's okay to be an adult and love video games. I grew up, that's my generation. Don't hate me, all right? Because you ain't me. Anyway, all right. Uh, uh, we, there was a Switch. There was a Nintendo Switch at the Target, and I was like playing it because there was uh, a Zelda game, and I, I was like, oh, this is, the graphics are amazing, what? All of a sudden, this guy came next to me. He said, hey man, that, that looks, looks like a cool game. I said, yeah, that, it is, right, leave me alone. No, he said, uh, he, said hey, he was young, he was like 25. He said, hey, how would you like to retire at age 35? I said, oh, here we go. <laughs> I said, I listened to him, I was polite. I said, what do you mean? He's like, how would you like to make enough money to age? I said, man, I'm like 31. I don't got much time left, man, <laughs> to, to retire. I said, man, I said, let me tell you something. You're young. Whoever's teaching you that is leading you astray. And let me tell you what I value. Even at the, I want to continue to work on behalf of my king till the day I'm gone. 
Because what I value is not what this world values. I tripped him out. He was like, what are you talking about, man? I said, man, I love Jesus. And I don't know what you're living for in this world, but whoever told you that has the wrong method, is the wrong way, and really does not care about you, and you're just a pawn in the system for, for them. Give your life to God, I told him. I scared him, man. I was so serious, all right? Verse 9, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, not money, watch this, get this straight. For the love, say love, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, not money itself. The love of it is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this message. We know it was a strong, God, but in all honesty and grace, we need to be taught your word. We need to know the values of the kingdom, Lord. Because honestly, sometimes, especially in this generation, it has become so convoluted, Lord, that we see preachers and we see teachers and we see churches that flaunt its wealth while the people are going poor. Father God, far be it from this church that anyone would benefit from, from, from the poor or enslave people to make themselves better or look better for a status or for popularity. God, we are sold out to the Messiah, the King, the Messiah over money. Lord, we love you and we give you our, our devotion. We give you everything of us and we rec recognize, Lord, that uh, Malachi 3.10 says this and there's only one place in your word that says this, test me in this, says the Lord, and see that I won't throw up in the floodgates of heaven and bless you. So I pray, Father, for, for this church, for, for some of us, maybe we need to test you in this area. And some of us, God, we need to do the best with what we have been given and no longer complain about what we do not have, Lord. We love you. You are God of eternity. And all of this world, Isaiah says, will pass away. But, the, but eternity remains forever. And help us to realize and understand as a church, when we stand up for righteousness and stand up for Jesus Christ and stand up for the values of God and stand up for souls being saved and come to church, these things will lay up treasure in heaven for us, which this world can never buy. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.